Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, November 6th. We've got some Tennessee volunteers and some Nashville SC stuff to get to, but let's start talking Titans and Bears, and we'll bring on good friend Mike Herndon of football and other F-words from Broadway Sports Media to get a good look at where the Titans are at right now. The latest with the Jadavian Clowney injury and exactly what this defense may look like on Sunday against Chicago. There's a lot of balls in the air right now. Obviously, uh, the Mike Garofolo, uh report coming out on NFL Network saying that Clowney is, is questionable or, or you know, at least in danger of missing this game Sunday against the Bears. And he even uh, kind of threw in the Colts game potentially on Thursday as a possibility there too. But yeah, without Clowney, you know, if he's in doubt, you know, obviously Dory Jackson, we still don't know for sure which way he's going to go. It's really, there's a lot of question marks there. And then can Desmond King get uh, cleared and will they put him on the field after basically just getting to go through a walkthrough on Saturday. A lot of a lot of moving parts there. And, and if all three of those guys don't play, then you're really looking at a strange-looking lineup that might see, feature a lot of, like, Ty Smith and Breon Borders and Tuzar Skipper. And, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting next couple of days here for the Titans. The biggest difference, really, I think, is the fact that Joe Burrow is a lot better quarterback than Nick Foles is, He's especially when it comes to mobility, uh, avoiding sacks in the pocket, that kind of thing. So as risky as it feels to put my neck out for, there for this <laughs> defense again, I'm going to do it. This is going to be a get right game for the Titans defense. All right, let's look at the flip side then because Cincinnati defensively, nothing there was scary on paper. Chicago, a little bit scarier on paper, no question about it. And the offense is how this team right now, the Titans, are going to win games. What do you make of that front seven matchup a la Pittsburgh against this Titans offensive line? It's it's a tough one. I mean, it's it's very similar in the fact that you've got Khalil Mack, who is right. You know, T.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, those guys are in the elite of elite edge rushers in the NFL right now. So so Mack is a problem. You've got Sambrello, you've got Kelly. You're going to have to help to his side wherever Mack is. You've got to have a plan for him every single snap. So that that is a pain in the butt. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle that. Now, they did pretty decently against the Steelers. Watt did make an impact, but it didn't completely wreck the entire game for, for the Titans' offense. So they've got to minimize him. But then on the inside, you've also got Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks is an absolute uh, bowling ball of a human being. He's like 350 pounds, and he throws that weight around in there. It's going to be tough for them to move him now. I think where you can get this Bears defense is making a move side to side. Roquan Smith is a great sideline to sideline linebacker, but those big boys don't really love to go sideline to sideline. Uh, so running running away from Akeem Hicks, away from Khalil Mack, make them chase all game, I think is a good strategy for the Titans to use going into this one. So pass rush, secondary, offensive line, and special teams. Uh, I think I've heard this song before. <laughs> exactly it's it's deja vu all over again the titans the titans are still a good football team the offense is still really really good and that's going to keep them competitive in pretty much every game i felt like the Bengals game was a little bit of a murphy's law situation with just everything that could go wrong from officiating to injuries you know in, in certain spots to just the Bengals making some absolutely unbelievable plays i mean it was a really impressive performance from the Bengals, but you know the titans 
they kind of need this game to get a little bit of confidence back. I feel like heading into like what, what is absolutely the most critical stretch of the season with Colts, Ravens, Colts in the next three weeks. So I, I think this is a big game for them from a mentality standpoint. You know, I don't know that there's a whole lot of really reasons for hope that special teams issues are going to get better right now. They may actually get worse. You know, obviously hope that there's, there's some regression from a luck standpoint, maybe, or something like that. It's definitely a big question mark on this team right now. Quickly, Mike, (laughs) you guys, Football and Other F-Words, great podcast you are a part of. Rate, review, and subscribe, of course, from Broadway Sports Media. You got a special bonus episode this week. Tell everybody real quickly what's on that and why in the hell people at your company think pineapple on pizza and Smarties are a good thing. Listen, I will not defend uh, Smarties. Pineapple on pizza is actually okay. It's okay. Right. It's okay. it's not my preference. But that that's all Titans Film Room, Justin Graver. That's all him. At, at Titans Film Room, go get him for those awful food takes because he does have some bad ones. We had uh, Reed Fowler uh, from DraftKings on. We got to talk to him a little bit about what he thinks of the Titans, where they're at, where they stack up in the NFL, as well as uh, you know some DFS and some gambling recommendations and things like that. So it was a lot of fun talking to him. Definitely should go uh, check it out and uh, and hear some uh, hot food takes there at the end too for a little bonus. Quarterback play, offensive line play, defensive front play. These are all things that Tennessee fans have been obsessing over since the loss to Alabama two weeks ago. And those are all very important aspects of the matchup with Arkansas on Saturday. But I want to throw two names out there in an effort to give some hope to Big Orange Nation heading into the weekend. Isaiah Spiller and Aeneas Smith. Those are Texas A&M running backs. They can do a little bit of everything, and A&M uses them in a ton of creative ways. Last week against Arkansas, Spiller gained 86 yards from scrimmage on 22 total touches, while Smith gained 98 yards on just nine total touches. They scored a combined three touchdowns. Smith is a dynamic receiver, and Spiller gets more of the traditional running back touches. The two Aggie running backs combined for 184 yards on 31 touches. I say all of that to say that I want to see Ty Chandler and Eric Gray match that stat line. There is no reason that these two guys behind this Tennessee offensive line couldn't recreate what Texas A&M did to the Hogs last weekend. Arkansas has given up over 440 yards of offense in three straight games and just gave up a season-worst 7.1 yards per play to Texas A&M. Yes, I do know that Kellen Mond is more talented and playing much better football than anything Tennessee has under center. But that's all the more reason to lean on Chandler and Gray, who are just as talented and versatile as Spiller and Smith. The Vols backfield duo is averaging a combined 33 touches per game this year, and I want to see that number north of 40 this weekend. At minimum, anything less is malpractice in my opinion. This offense needs to get back to what it did well against South Carolina and Missouri, which is lean on the offensive line and its two most dependable playmakers. If you'll remember, the duo combined for 221 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns on 39 total touches in the win over Missouri. It sounds a lot like what Texas A&M just did to Arkansas. If you want to simplify a very complex game down to one thing, it's the Tennessee running backs. If they can match what Texas A&M did last week and come close to replicating what they did against Missouri, then the Volunteers have a great chance to end their three-game losing streak and turn the season around. If not, well, it's a long flight back from Fayetteville. There's only one regular season match left in Nashville SC's first ever season, and there is plenty to keep an eye on on Sunday in Orlando. 
Obviously, seeding in the Eastern Conference is huge for how Nashville's first postseason will look. And it's very complicated because goal differential and goals for could come into play as tiebreakers. So I will try to explain it for all of you as simply as possible. New England is in sixth place. New York is in seventh place. And Nashville is in eighth place. No matter what happens, Nashville cannot drop below eighth place. And that is important because that guarantees the club at least a home playoff match in the play-in round. If Nashville posts a better result than New York in any fashion, the boys in gold move up one spot to the seventh seed, giving them a quote-unquote better matchup in their first round home playoff game, also in the play-in round. If Nashville wins and jumps New York, there's an outside chance at jumping New England for the sixth seed as well. This is where it gets very convoluted, but New England would have to lose, and then Nashville would have to win the second tiebreaker, which is goal differential. It's all very complicated, but possible because New England is playing Philadelphia, the Eastern Conference's best team that is trying to win the conference championship and the Supporters' Shield. Jumping to the sixth seed would allow Nashville SC to skip the play-in round altogether, but also removes the chance at a home playoff match. To top it all off, Sunday's opponent, Orlando City, is also playing for seeding, so it will take a full-scale effort in the season finale to accomplish any of the things I've just laid out. Did we get all of that? Oh yeah, and by the way, Orlando hasn't lost a home match all season. Lastly, and this is pretty cool, according to Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner, if Nashville SC allows two or fewer goals on Sunday, they will post the best defensive season in MLS expansion history. They are currently allowing 0.91 goals per game. And that's a pretty cool way to end the first regular season of Major League Soccer in Nashville. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the soccer. Have a great time. Relax. Take a little breath. Have a cocktail. Rate, review, and subscribe as well while you're at it. Tell everybody about the show. We do appreciate it. Thank you for listening. My name is Braden Gall, and this has been the 440 for Friday, November 6th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. Music by William Tyler.